Historical Foundation in Herndon, Virginia. Before resuming the interview with Dante Wins, I wish everyone a happy and safe Independence Day and want to thank the United States Army Band for their performance of the National Spirit March by my fellow Pennsylvanian Silas Hummel. podcast episode bringing you inspiring and educational interviews with today's most exciting and enterprising young warrant officer leaders. Each episode is dedicated to exploring real-life leadership in the warrant officer cohort and tackling the problems faced in large-scale combat operations and multi-domain operations. And now, here's your host... Thank you and welcome back. When we left off, Chief Wins was discussing large-scale combat operations and his practical work of assessment during the shaping phase of the battle. We now resume the interview. You and your team could go anywhere in the world with any expeditionary group or unit. Is that correct? Short answer, absolutely. We can go anywhere. So the warrant officer would be on division staff or in highly specialized Seaburn teams, their tech escort teams, and those teams would augment capability packages that might be needed. At my level, at CW3 level, we're going to be on battalion in the command group or we're going to be on division staff. Getting back to the assessing, doing your best guess to figure out what the enemy is going to do and prepare for that. That is where the Army is with multi-domain operations and trying to think about complex challenges that we face simultaneously in these different domains coming together and planning how we mitigate or neutralize that threat. So where does the Chemical Corps warrant officer fit into that, please? What came to mind is a project that I worked on with JMC while I was here at 1AD. One of the things that I did was I started bringing in other warfighting functions. I want to make sure that we can't be defeated jamming our signals. So I brought EWO warrants in. I wanted to make sure that we didn't make ourselves a target. When the project manager came to us, he came into a room full of warrant officers. And those warrant officers were really looking at where can the enemy get the advantage over us? We could develop something that the enemy now has to counter and they don't have an answer for. When I think about multi-domain battle, that's what I'm really thinking about is how do I get after things to where we now have overmatch and now the enemy has to figure out how to counter that. When I'm the lead on that, I'll bring in warrants from different branches. Can you go back and clarify, there was a joint group you're working with at Bliss? 
Joint Modernization Command, JMC, is here at Fort Bliss. They were doing a, a project to test the nuclear biological, radiological reconnaissance vehicle. This vehicle is on the Striker platform now, so they're going to retrofit the Striker platform. Eventually, the next generation combat vehicle will be that platform. And so we're using UAVs and we're using UGVs. When we look at that, now I'm looking at spectrum management and I'm looking at, can the enemy tell my UGV to go somewhere else or my UAV to go somewhere else? And think about it, I'm collecting contaminated samples to bring back to a lab. If the enemy decides to divert my my UAV, I just spread a contamination in an area I don't want to spread contamination. So we got to get after that very early. And that's where that multi-domain piece comes in, sir. Thank you for that absolutely brilliant example. I appreciate that. Before we go on to the last portion, I just want to, again, say thank you so much for this excellent insight into the work of your literally decade-old cohort of warrant officers. I'd ask you now to take a little bit of reflection on that decade and ask, what have you learned or what would you like to share with the audience about your work's importance as a part of the Army's mission? I've learned quite a bit about how do you communicate to senior leaders? I call it the 32nd rule because the senior leaders don't have very much time. So how do I impact and use brevity? And then when do I say, hey, you need to know this now? What I learned was also not to get so emotionally attached to what you do. It's easy to get excited about being a warrant officer and want everybody to know what you know. I'm a small piece of the Chemical Corps. I'm an even smaller piece of the Army. Right now, I believe we have 32 CW3s. We have 20, around 22, 23 CW3 positions. And of course, we're working up in the CW4 positions and five positions. So developing a POI, I had to think about what is the Army going to look like 10 years from now? And then what is the Army? Where are we going? How do we shape the Chemical Corps and the Army 25 years from now? What are, what are those things that we need to do? I'm going to CAMCO 2 at the Maneuver Center of Excellence. And it's basically a tabletop exercise. And we're going to look at some, how do we fight in a CVR environment? What they wanted was they wanted warrant officers to go. So there's four CW3s that are on this project, a battalion commander. So our input is going to be crucial in how we fight and we shape the future environment, sir. My final question to you today is, what would you say to a warrant officer who just graduated candidate school? It's funny you ask me this because I have to think about this a lot being a senior warrant officer at a 22nd Kim Battalion. You are an officer. Don't ever forget that. I am okay with warrant officers learning things that officers do, getting experience uh, to appreciate what that officer has to get after and then understand the way the officer thinks. Commanders think in in terms of risk. And so make sure that you are providing solutions in terms of risk. Don't admire problems. Get after our solutions. I would say the last thing is W1 and W2 time is to learn your craft. You will make W1 mistakes. You will try and revert back to being a non-commissioned officer because you were good at that. But, you know, we don't need you to be a non-commissioned officer. We need you to be a warrant officer. And so that means you need to attach yourself with some senior warrant officers and some senior officers as well. And don't forget that the sergeant major and the first sergeant uh, have a lot, a lot of good input for you. So don't lose yourself just because you're this warrant officer. It's a great cohort to be a part of, but we got to do more. We have to get after hard problems. We 
got to be present. We got to be at the table. We have to be in the problem because our commanders need us and the enemy is just getting more complex. That is some awesome advice, Dante. I appreciate it. Uh, it's so great to hear Warren Wilson's talk, Doctor, and it's great examples you brought in such a clear, coherent manner. And thank you for your time today and sharing how the work of Warren Officers in your branch contributes to meeting those doctrinal requirements for the Chemical Corps. Great to continue this friendship that we've had for several years. Thank you so much. Thank you, sir. I appreciate you having me. And I, I, I'm sure Mr. Lockwood and Mr. Hills, our, our regimental warrant officers, are going to be very pleased with you reaching out to us. So appreciate it, sir. I'm grateful for every branch I get to speak with because I always learn something new. Thank you, Dante. We'll talk at you later. Again, I want to wish all of our listeners a happy and safe Independence Day. I appreciate your time and enjoy the chance to share outstanding insights from these hand-selected warrant officers. In the next few weeks, I'll be publishing two special episodes. The first episode is an interview with the Warrant Officer Historical Foundation President Al Kerbing. The second interview is an operational look at the order of the Eagle Rising Society selection process. Both of these interviews promise to be very interesting. Additionally, I would like to thank Dante Wynn's hometown audiences in Lawton and Perry, Oklahoma, Further, I would like to thank our international audience in Milan, Italy, and South Elmsall, England. It's a pleasure to have this worldwide audience. Finally, if you're interested in reaching out to me or the Warrant Officer Historical Foundation, you can write me at cohortw1918 at gmail.com, cohortw1918 at gmail.com. And I look forward to hearing from you. Thank you so much, and have a great week. On behalf of the Warrant Officer Historical Foundation, thank you to today's guest for your insights on the future of warfare and the importance of the Warrant Officer to that fight. Special thanks to our theme music composer, retired Sergeant First Class Joshua DiStefano. Visit joshdiStefano.com to hear more of his outstanding works. Visit warrantofficerhistory.org to learn more about how you can help support the foundation and programs like this.